Welcome to the best travel podcast you will hear today. I'm your host, Doug Wallace, editor and publisher of TravelRight.today. Thanks for tuning in. So far, I've been ticking the clean lyrics box on iTunes, but, you know, we'll see how long we can keep that up. We are so smart today, and you will be too, because we're going to connect you with how to navigate connecting flights. I'm one of those people who never throws caution to the wind. In fact, I would say that I keep all my caution in a tightly sealed box within another tightly sealed box so there's not even like a breath of wind. With flight connections, you have to take all the right steps to make sure they flow as smoothly as possible. Here are my top tips, and there are 14, so you may want to grab a coffee. Number one, this seems obvious, but always leave time between your flights in case your starting leg is behind schedule. A good rule of thumb is at least 90 minutes for domestic flights and way more for international flights, two, three hours. I slightly panic if it's under the two hour mark. Number two, carry on luggage is always the preferred route. If you do have to check a bag, Keep in mind that you may need time to collect it from the carousel and recheck it through to your final destination. See above, two to three hours. Number three, build in time for possible security checks at the connection. Don't assume you're just gonna saunter over to the next departure gate. You may even have to change terminals. Just this inter-airport transit alone could be more than an hour in itself. Talking to you, Frankfurt. Number four, Book the flights as far in advance as possible and go with the morning routes. There's a better chance of correcting a connecting problem if it occurs early in the day. Number five, never take the last flight out of anywhere where you could find yourself settling into a nice bourbon at one of the airport's fancy two-star motels while you peruse the cardboard pizza menu. Number six, Never assume the airline has built in the necessary time to connect. I'm not kidding. If you think your tickets are going to cut it close, find out what the minimum connection time is at that particular connecting airport. Number seven, bear in mind that smaller connecting airports will have fewer problems, fewer people, less traffic than the insanely busy JFKs, LHRs, and DFWs of the world. Frankfurt, not a great airport, just a big one. Number eight, consider the weather in the connecting cities you're choosing from. There's more chance of a weather delay in New York in January than in Miami, for example. Number nine, this is a really good one. Never buy two separate tickets. If your first flight is delayed, you will have to eat the cost of the missed second flight. If this is not possible, maybe you can book flights within the same alliance. That would be plan B. Number 10, Try to book a seat at the front of the plane for your first flight so you can make a quicker exit. Number 11. If you're a worrier and you like to leave several hours between flights, sit down and enjoy a nice steak before your next flight. So civilized. Number 12. You can also plan for an even bigger window if you do something big picture. Take a city tour, go downtown for a quick shop, or get a massage at the airport spa. Don't take a nap without setting an alarm. Number 13, mentally prepare yourself for delays. Sometimes things are just not gonna go your way. There's nothing you can do. Number 14, can't handle it? Pay the extra money 
and fly non-stop. This week's hot hotel is the new Kimpton St. George Hotel in Toronto. Part of my Sleeping Around Toronto series for the London Telegraph, I had the chance to spend the night at the Kimpton not that long ago. This is Toronto's first Kimpton Hotel, weirdly. It used to be a Holiday Inn. Wow, not anymore. It's more like a residence than a hotel. And this homey feel flows from the smiley staff to the living roomy lobby and up into the rooms. It's full of fun quirks, clever details and arched doorways, lots of wood, patterned rugs and earthy colors. A cool, cool shade of blue-green replaces the regular hotel beige. 188 rooms are filled with sculptural furnishings like molded walnut desks and rounded mirrors, plus gold-like fixtures and local art. The cool color palette is meant to mimic the Canadian nature with a mixture of blues and greens and grays, browns, rust, practically every shade of a group of seven painting. Rooms from $400 Canadian and low season. Visit KimptonStGeorge.com. That's Saint spelled out. I'm always on the lookout for travel apps that actually do something functional and not just take up space on my phone. So many useless travel apps. But the XE currency app is dead simple, and it saves money too. XE lets you calculate prices on the fly, so you don't have to guess if duty-free is ripping you off or not. The same goes for street markets. In Europe and the UK, you can just guess and do things in your head. But in places like Iceland, where 17,000 krona is, you know, $200, this app comes in handy. There's more than 180 currencies. That's the XE app, free at iTunes. What have we been eating lately? Plenty, by the looks of things around my waist. Only half my pants fit. No thanks to Wolf in the Fog, a nice restaurant in Tofino, British Columbia, which I think is the best restaurant in town. I was expecting fancy, which would have been fine, but this is super comfortable and casual. Diners are all on holiday, and this is the beach, so everyone's hair is down. Particularly the servers. The servers are all surfers during the day, and it shows. Locally sourced food, kind of a no-brainer. Octopus and cod cheeks and steelhead trout. Things from the forest, too. Nice mushrooms. I had a dish that was a combination of snow crab with bone marrow. That was out of control. There's a lot to eat in Tofino if you know where to look. We took a Tofino food tours afternoon tour, and that took us around the town, sampling stuff in seven different spots. Clam chowder and craft beer, the wine and cheese, fresh oysters on the pier, charcuterie, smoked jerk salmon. I ate everything. There were even donuts. I had a donut. It was about $85, and that was well worth it. And then we had a big nap. That's two Tofino tips today. Wolfinthefog.com and tofinofoodtours.com. Doug Appetit. And speaking of restaurants, here's a piece of my mind. You know how you can tell that a person has never worked in a restaurant before? They're mean to the waiter. This is a surefire sign that this person is, you know, going to hell. I was on a nice rooftop not that long ago. It was Panama City, the old town, and everyone's coming in for champagne happy hour, and soon there was a lineup for tables. And there was this couple, they were just not having it. They were so mean to the hostess, I couldn't believe it. But I see this all over the world, and I think it boils down to self-importance and impatience. If you can't wait a few minutes for something when you're on a holiday, you need to stay home. 
I'd like to have seen this couple in Europe, where everything takes forever. Hurry up and wait is right. I'm guilty of impatience myself, I've got to say. And when I get on the verge of being snooty, my voice has this edge that my husband recognizes in a nanosecond. Shirty is how I like to describe it. I hate waiting for line at the hotel check-in. Airport security lines, they make me almost apoplectic. Taking the train anywhere, that requires patience I simply don't have. But I'm always nice to service staff because it's simply good karma. The moral here? Calm the hell down and drop the attitude. I think you'll have more fun and you'll sleep better and your wife won't think you're a jerk. That's a piece of my mind, however small. I guess today's moral is take that chip off your shoulder and eat it with some nice dip. That's a little chip dip tip. You can and will find more travel tips and inspiration at travelright.today, of course. Thank you for listening and sharing and subscribing. I won't forget you for that.